Hello, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. I was going to get up here and say some real cheesy joke about, I haven't seen y'all since last year, but this is a year I'm going to be more mature this year. I've decided, and that's the support I get right there. All the laughter. We all know I couldn't do that. I couldn't not be cheesy for more than a week, right? Uh, no, uh, welcome. I, uh, so thankful, so thankful to have you here with us this morning. Uh, today, I, my name is Taryn Howe, one of the pastors here. And today is actually a very different kind of a Sunday than what we normally have. Uh, today, this is, this is our Vision Sunday. I wanted to use this to really kick off the year and give you an idea of what I am expecting, what the leadership is expecting, just some, some goals, some thoughts that we have. So this is, if you're new with us this week, uh, just know that this is very different than normal. Uh, we're not really going to have a typical sermon that we usually have. This is more of a business meeting, so get ready to get down to business, okay? We're, we're going to get serious today, and uh, we want to we wanna really walk you through some of the things that we think are important for this year. And so I have, today I just want to lay it out for you, what we're going to do. We have four different things. I'm going to do. First of all, I'm going to start off. I'm going to bring up someone uh, that's a member here who is about to, in, I think, in ten days, ten days, yes, go on a mission trip for a year. So we're going to kind of interview him a little bit and then pray over him. Then I want to go into talking about strategic planning for this year. We just got done with strategic planning, which, if nothing sounds businessy yet, that sounds very businessy, right? Strategic planning. Uh, and then I want to talk about what I'm asking you to do in the strategic planning. Like this, this is the goal for you, and what I'm asking everybody who's a member here to do. And then finally, we will kind of land on uh, just a time of prayer over these things. So again, a very different Sunday. If you're new with us and you're like, I was ready to come up here and hear a sermon, come back next week because that's what we do most of the year. This one's a little different. It'll have little sermon pieces to it, but it's just a different kind of a, a day today. So first of all, I want to invite up, and I think I'm going to need somebody to bring me another microphone. Oh, they're pointing. Which one? This orange one here? Nope. I, okay, no. This red one? Yeah, thumbs up from upstairs. All right, thank you. Y'all are so wonderful just stepping in. I probably, y'all, if, if something goes wrong up here, it's probably me. Most of the time it is. So Drew Lambert, will you come up here? Y'all give him a big round of applause, please. Go ahead, Drew, if you want to go ahead and take a seat, I'm going to hand this to you. You got to kind of hold it up here or else it messes up, just so you know. So Drew, I, I, I'm going to just, we're going to spend about 10 minutes and I'm going to kind of interview him. And I asked him to come and do this and share his story uh, about this. And I know this is, it may seem like a weird day to do this on a Vision Sunday, but nothing to me speaks more to what the vision of First City is than to somebody who's about to go and be uh, to another country and be a missionary for a year spreading the gospel. And so, Drew, if you will, uh, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to just, can you give us just the layout of what are you doing, where are you going, kind of the, the just piece by piece. Yeah, of, so, um, you know, where I'm going, I'm going to be going to Salzburg, Austria, and I'm going to be working with refugees. And so you might be thinking, you know, how do these refugees come to Salzburg? So these refugees are from Afghanistan and Iran. Um, these people are fleeing war or government per persecution. And so what they're doing is they're coming to this um, new country to escape those things. And so then we're able to interact with them and introduce them to Jesus. Um, and some of them are Christians. So we are able to encourage them and build up leaders. But those, of, um, those refugees who are not, do not know Jesus, we're able to introduce Jesus to them. 
All right. And how did you get uh, set up on this? How did, how did you get involved in this and, and choose this? Yeah, so um, right after college, I had the opportunity to go to Greece and work with refugees um, from Afghanistan and Iran with a different organization. And so throughout other opportunities, um, we had the chance to go to Austria as well through contacts that we had through my dad. And through that, through short-term trips and getting the chance to live over there for the summer two years ago, um, we had the chance to um, see the need for a person to go full-time. And so two years ago, I was asked, um, hey, Drew, would you be interested in going and fulfilling this need in reaching these people? And obviously we had COVID, and so it's taken a little bit of time, but we've yeah. seen God work through this time and just provide time and time again through resources and people and just this opportunity to go reach these people. Yeah, so whenever I was asking Drew about this, when I first asked him, I, th I was under the impression that Drew was going to go over with like a group of people, and there's a you know, there's like a missionary that's stationed there that's going to be kind of guiding them through it all. And the more I ask questions, I realize, no, Drew's just, it's just him. Like, it's just you, right? I mean, Yeah, and so um, we have some contacts that live in Vienna, Austria, that are missionaries there full time, um, an Austrian and then an Austrian-American. And so they'll be working in Vienna. And what I'll be doing is I'll be supporting them um, just the whole work throughout the country in Salzburg. So it'll be just me, and kind of what I'll be doing is um, I'll help, be, help to be leading Bible studies. Um, we'll be preaching on Sundays, and so I'm going to um, be able to do that in Salzburg to support that mission. That is, that's wonderful. That's exciting. Uh, what, is, what do you think is your main goal while you're there? Yeah, so my main goal is that we are able to reach these refugees from Afghanistan and Iran. And the way that we do that um, is they bring their friends. So we have found that that is the most successful way in reaching people, mm -hmm. is that they bring their friends. And so my goal is to empower them to know Jesus and to spread his love to their friends in their own language, in their own culture. And so I just want to facilitate that and get out of the way and just let God work and let him work through those people to their own people. What would you say about this is the most exciting thing to you? So the most exciting thing to me is just getting the opportunity to develop these relationships with these people who, as you know, they're from Afghanistan and Iran. And so we, we can't go to those places right now. And, and God has worked in, in crazy ways to bring them and provide those opportunities for us to reach people that we might not have ever had the opportunity to. So I know this wasn't one of the questions on there. I don't think it's, it's not rude to ask a guy, but how old are you? Uh, 31. <laughs> 31. See, I wouldn't ask a woman that, but that's not Okay, how many of you know a 31-year-old who's about to leave and go to another country for a year to teach the gospel to people? I mean, there's, there's not a lot of that. Uh, this, is, this is incredible. I don't, I don't know if you really are grasping all what is going on and what he's doing. And I know for you, there's got to be, there's a lot that's really exciting about it. But then there's also got to be some that's like, yeah. all right, Lord, what are we doing here? This is, yeah. is a little intimidating. What yeah, is it that yeah. makes you the most nervous or worries you the most? And yeah, it's kind of like you're sitting at the starting line and, and, you, and you know that the end's there and you're, and you're racing towards the end and you have this goal that we talked about. But yeah, there, there are definitely um, real concerns, you know. Um, what are the logistics going to look like? What kind of decisions am I going to have to make? 
um, and just am I going to have a community of people that I can surround myself with mm -hmm. um, going by myself and so um, I have some friends there in Salzburg and so I'm excited about that I'm excited to reconnect with those guys um, and just really um, making sure that I am um, making connections and, and reaching people to, to build community around myself um, so that I can better serve the refugees that I'll be working with. So what is uh, for us on, on this end, because we want to be able to love and support you well through this, what, is the, uh, what would you ask us specifically to be in prayer over while you're there? What, what can we be praying for you about? Yeah, um, I just would ask that you guys pray for opportunities to reach people and that God will provide those people in my life while I'm there so that I can reach them and, and teach these people um, how to reach their own people. That's, that's the biggest thing. And just knowing that they're not, I don't have to worry about, am I saying the right words? Am I, am I picking, picking the right topic? But that God has a plan and that he wants these people reached and that we just have to facilitate that. Mm. That's so good. Um, anything else you have to add on for us that we should know? Um, I think that's pretty good. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you will, can y'all all just, everybody just stand with me and Drew, if you'll stand together. I just want to pray over you. And we will be, he said we can get some updates from him throughout the year. And so we can see how he's doing. And so I want to make sure that we're doing that. But if y'all will, we're not just, we're going to pray now, but I want you to write this down somewhere, make a, put a reminder in your phone to keep praying over him. Um, what he's going into, he, he, I know he has some people there, but he's, he's going to be leading this, and um, this is an intimidating thing. This, the, God is asking a lot, but, he's, but he's, it's so awesome to talk to him because he is fully trusting in God's ability, not his own ability. And that's what we all have to do, right? He, he's fully trusting God to provide the way, and he, all he's done is said yes. He said yes to what Jesus has in store for him. So, Drew, I want to pray for you. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would anoint and bless Drew to do what you have called him to do. Lord, give him success, give him boldness, uh, give him everything that he needs on this journey, this mission that is ahead of him to reach these people for you, Jesus. Lord, I, I love Drew's heart and uh, just the, his willingness to be obedient to you, to be obedient to the gospel. And I pray that you would help me to be more like that, help the people of this church to be more like that, that no matter what you have in store for us, that in advance, our answer is yes, that we say yes to anything you have. And Lord, I, I pray that uh, through Drew, that many, many people are reached for you, Jesus, that many people give their lives to you, that he is able to build, help build community there all under the banner of Jesus and that you are receiving glory through it all. I thank you for all that you've given to us, all that you've blessed us with. I pray you watch over him and just hold him every step of the journey. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Drew. Y'all give him a round of applause, please. Yeah, you can go ahead and take a seat. So I asked, I asked Drew to come and speak because uh, it, is, it is next Wednesday, not this Wednesday. The 12th, yeah, next Wednesday that he's leaving. And this was his best time to come and, and speak with us. Um, something else that I, I want to, before we move on to the next thing, that I'm asking you to do. I know many of you 
uh, we have a very generous church. And, you know, we, we view the biblical standard of giving as the tithe, which is 10%. And many of you, like, I don't keep up with who gives what, and I don't really want to know that even. But just thank you for your generosity. If you're looking to be even more generous, uh, we're, we would love for you to help support Drew in this mission financially. Um, First City has been able to support him some through what you've done, but we're asking if you want to do more, if this is on your heart, to go ahead and do that. He takes anything. You can cash, check, right? You take, take whatever that, that will give, but if you have that. But also, we've set it up online. So if you go to firstcitychurch.org, um, I think it's under About Us and then Give. Am I right? Is that? Yeah, thank you, Savannah. Uh, so go under, to Give, and then you kind of follow the steps through that. Eventually, you'll get to a spot where you can pick what you want it to give, go to, and it's like general fund. But Drew's name is under there. If you want to give to him, you can give to First City, and everything that you give will go directly to him if you make sure to select his name, or at least tell us or tell Savannah. Um, and so we'll make that happen because we want to be supporting him and giving those updates to that. But thank you. Thank you for sharing that. What, what a powerful story. So right now, I want, I'm going to move into something different. This is part two uh, of today. Uh, I'm going to move into our strategic plan. And I have, I have this strategic plan here, and I've got some people who are going to help me hand this out. And uh, now, this strategic plan, I'm going to go ahead and give this out, and I'll kind of talk about it while we're doing it. If you're somebody who's going to help hand it out, will you stand up and do that, please? I'm only giving out one per family because part of our strategic plan is to be a good steward. And you see how many color copies these are right here? This is... We're not cheap. We're good stewards, okay? That's what I keep telling ourselves, okay? So if you would raise your hand, we've got somebody in the balcony, too. Uh, there's so much information in here that... I, I can't just go over all of this in one Sunday, and I, if, even if I did, I, I think this would feel a little, a little dry to you probably, and so I, I'm really just going to go over one part of this, but I just want, I want to talk about how we came about this first. This is a three-year strategic plan. Uh, Dr. Carr, sitting up here, helped us, who leads our first impressions team. She does this for different organizations, and she said, uh, she came to me really and said, Taryn, I would love to do this for First City. And she's like, and I'll do it for free. And I was like, that is my favorite price. So uh, again, we're good stewards. And, and so we said yes to that. We had initially probably 12 to 15 people who are in different leadership roles at First City come in a room together. And really the only thing that we were doing was we were answering a question of in the next three years, uh, what would First City have to do for us to say First City is successful as a church? Just, we have three years. What, 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 how would we define success for a church in that amount of time? And so we spent, I think it was two days we did this, and we prayed over this. We worshiped before we went into this. I mean, it was, we, we really we put a lot of thought into it. This wasn't just like me in a room coming up with this, and this is what I want everybody to do. There was a lot of thought that went into this. So we had a, our group of about 15 people, and then when we were done with it, I thought, all right, so Erica's going to kind of put that together, and we'll be done. And she said, well, first, I want to get another group of people, group B, of completely different people. Nobody in group A was allowed to be a part of this in group B. So I want to get another group of about 12 to 15 people. And so I recommended people to come to that, and she asked them the same questions, or at least very similar questions. And she wanted to see if we would come up with the same answers. And what her response, I didn't even get to go to the group B. She said I wasn't invited, which I, you know, I was a little offended, but I got over it. And she said, though, one of the incredible things was not only did we come up with the same answers, but a lot of the, uh, a lot of the things that came up were word for word the same from group A to group B. 
And so these are not, I want you to know, these are not just random things we threw out that we thought may be a good idea. These, these are really thought through and prayed over. And I, I want to point out really just one side of this. And I have a slide for this. this the very last page, this bullseye here. To me, this is kind of the, if, if we don't do anything else but we do this, we're going to be successful. This is it. And the, the very center of the bullseye is what we're going for which is love Christ. And I know that's like, well, that sounds pretty basic. Well, okay, but it's, it's a little harder, you know, uh, said than done, done than said, I guess. So we want to love Christ. And then I know part of the rings here are love others and love community and then love further going out into all the nations. But it all starts with our love for Jesus. Because if we don't have that, we don't have anything. There is, we are we are no good. If, if we're out serving other people and it's not based on what G, the love that we have for Jesus, then, then we're, we're out there like any other organization providing some social justice. And I don't think the world needs more of that right now. Uh, my wife was going to this, my wife and I were going to this event. If you remember, we had Orphan Sunday. The guy here from, Dr. Rick, was here from Lifelines Children's Services. And my wife was going to go speak at a dinner that Lifeline was hosting, and she hadn't really had time to prepare for it. And so we're, we're like driving there. She's like, all right, I got like five minutes. What do I need to say in these five minutes? And she's like, okay, what are you thinking? And she, she mentioned, she was like, I want to talk about social justice, but that's not really what we need. We need something different from that. And I don't know if I just heard this from somebody else or God put it on my heart, but I said, you know what? We don't need social justice. The world needs divine intervention. We need Jesus to step on the scene. And it's the church that's going to bring him to the world. And, and so that's what we're trying to do here. We're, we're trying to love Christ so well that it shows itself to the world around us. I, I put this line together, and, and it may be a little cheesy. I just, I like the, the way it sounded. And so I, this year, this year, I want us to be a church that loves Jesus so greatly that we are recklessly generous with our lives. Not that we're reckless and we're out there making foolish decisions, but it may appear reckless to others. We are so willing to give of ourselves to the community and to the world around us, not because we're looking for another social justice initiative, but because we know this is what Jesus did, this is who Jesus is, and the world around us needs to see Jesus. Listen, the, our community around us right now is, is, is headed towards hell. We have a world around us that's headed towards hell, that is, that is going in the opposite direction of God, and they are in desperate need of a Savior and don't even know it. And it's our job, it's the church's job to bring Jesus to them. And so that's what we're trying to do. It's really that simple. We want to love Jesus so well that the, the world around us, when we're serving and loving the world around us, they look at us and they say, there is something different about those people. They're a little weird. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. We are a little weird. Okay, we're a little crazy. That's because we're so crazy about Jesus. We're so madly in love with him. You know, we do a lot of different things in this community. Our church is known for serving this community, especially in the foster care community. Um, we're stepping into, and Rick's going to be talking about this next week, beginning our time of prayer and fasting. Um, we're stepping into families count ministry, uh, which is 
again, this is a lifeline thing that we came and talked about on Orphan Sunday some, but Families Count is is an opportunity for us to reach out to families who either have lost their children or are about to lose their children, and they can come and take a class. They they have options for a bunch of different classes. We're going to offer classes, but and it's parenting classes based on the Bible. This is court-approved. Eventually, we're going to get it court-ordered. So they can come and learn about how to be a better parent through the gospel. I mean, how great is that, that we even got the court on our side on this, you know, that we're going to be able to teach them about Jesus because we know that's what's really going to heal a home, right? Jesus is going to be the one that heals a home. And so we're, we're trying to take this into the world. And, you know, I, there's some things that I... To me, one of the stories that really speaks to me about this, that I, uh, Luke 10, is this, the parable of the, the Good Samaritan. It's one many of you probably know very well. Uh, it starts off this one day an expert in religious law. So this is a guy who really he knew his stuff. Expert here. And religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? It's a great question. I mean, we should all be asking that, right, if you don't know that. Jesus replied, well, what does the law of Moses say? Because Jesus always answers with a question. That's what he does. How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Perfect response. This was really a perfect response. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. Uh, The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? See, he wanted to justify his actions. I think he thought about it for a second, and he was like, wait a second. I don't know that I do that very well. (laughs) I don't know that I love God with everything and love my neighbor as myself. Um, Okay, so who's my neighbor? And instead of Jesus just saying, your neighbor is everyone, Jesus goes and and tells the story of of the Good Samaritan. And he's talking about, if you know the story, there's a Jewish man who's traveling. He's beaten up. He's robbed. And then three people come by, a priest, a Levite, or a temple assistant, and, and then a, a Samaritan, one, one that he should have despised. Well, the first two people are these re- religious people. We're, they're us in the story. If you think you're the good Samaritan, you've got to reread it. You're missing it, okay? They're us in the story. And I think too often in churches, we, are, we, we, we show up on Sunday and maybe we're in a small group, and maybe you're even serving somewhere, but it, it's like we still can so easily pass by the pain in our society because it's too difficult to deal with, because we don't have time to deal with it, because it's, it's inconvenient, it's uncomfortable, and I am calling us to get uncomfortable as a church. We're going to have to get our hands dirty. We're going to have to get involved in the mess because real ministry is messy. Real ministry is not always just fun and happy-go-lucky and clean, and, and, and it's, it's about getting involved in the life of people who are in desperate need for Jesus. And so this is what I'm asking you to do, to step into it in even a greater way this year. This, this is my, my three things that I have for you. All are on this bullseye, too. So I'm trying to make it as simple. That's my kind of pie-in-the-sky things. These are real three real tangible things that I'm asking you to do this year. Very simple. Very, I mean, simple to say, I guess. Not really simple to do, necessarily. And it's on the back of the bullseye, again, at the, at the very bottom, under love Christ. I'm giving you all the answers. Time with Jesus, share Jesus, and obey Jesus. So let's go to time with Jesus. We've been talking about this more and more. Uh, I, 
preached on this probably, it might have been two months ago now, about spending intentional time with Jesus every day. If you are a member here at First City, I am asking, highly encouraging you, I can't make you do anything, so I'm highly encouraging you to spend time in the Word every day. And if you miss a day, that's okay, you're going to miss a day. Go back the next day. If you miss a week, that's okay, go back the next week. But every day, because here's the truth, is sharing Jesus with people, going out and loving our community in the name of Jesus, if you're not spending time with Jesus, I don't really know that you're sharing Jesus with them. You might be sharing kind of your version of Jesus. You must, must be in the Word as often as possible. Make this a routine in your life. This isn't some, you got to spend hours every morning. I'm talking like 10 minutes is a great start. Um, I mean, how many Netflix or Hulu shows do you watch every day or YouTube videos or come on, something, you know, we, it's not that we don't have the time. We say we don't have the time, but so here, here's what I'm really asking us to do. I want us to be very intentional with this this year is I have, and these are in the, the back as you leave, uh, but I have printed off here. This is a one year Bible plan to just keep in your Bible with you because I'm asking all of us to read through the Bible together this year as a church. Now, many of you don't want to carry this with you. That's okay. It's online, and we have a website set up that explains all of this. It's at firstcitychurch.org backslash reading plan. I think that's reading hyphen plan. I might be getting that wrong. Anyways, it's on our front page. There's a link to it. But um, you can do that. Or the easiest the easiest way, we, we were brilliant enough we thought through this, the Version Bible app has this same plan, and so just follow it on the Bible app everybody's got that, right? They just hit like 500 million people have it. I'm sure some of you in this room are part of that 500 million. version Bible app has this same plan. I want us to read through the Bible together this year, and even at different points of the year, like in between sermon series, we will stop kind of a series, or we'll end a series, and we'll spend just a week on where we are in the Bible as a reminder to all of us, but this is something that we're going to be coming back to over and over again. Here's why this is so important to me, because I grew up in church. I like was birthed, and then I was in church the next day. I think. I mean, it's like that's just. I grew up in church. I've been in it my whole life, and it nothing really clicked for me until I started doing this. It, it this, it, y'all. The the highest spiritual moments I've ever had are alone with God. They, they don't happen on Sunday morning. Maybe they do happen on Sunday morning for some of you. But I'm telling you that the greatest spiritual breakthroughs, the times I've been most convicted of sin in my life and needed to change, are times that I've been alone with God where God has gently and sometimes a little sternly just told me, hey, you got to change this. I've been convicted reading Scripture and being in the Word. And so I, I just, please, just give this a shot. And here's my real goal in this is that I would love actually for everybody in our church to do this from middle school and up. I already told my kids, some of them were a little less excited than others. I'm like, please, I want you to do this though. And, um, and I want you to just, just start in it. Even if it's just like I'm reading a part of it, just a few verses or something. Just get, begin to make this a habit, a routine in your life. It will be the greatest change in your spiritual walk that you've ever seen if you've never done this before. I, I can guarantee you that. Okay. I think I've stated enough on that. The next thing on here, time with Jesus and then share Jesus. Share Jesus. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is 
some of Jesus' just about his final words. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Our responsibility, our burden to share Jesus, once we've given our lives to Jesus, we've been saved, we've surrendered to him, uh, we do not get to keep that to ourselves. We don't get to. I know this can be uncomfortable. We, we have a responsibility. You know, Jesus doesn't really make suggestions. It's all commands. It's, you know, and so he's not like saying, hey, this might be a good thing for you to do. He's telling you, this is what I want you to do. I want you to share me with people. And this is what we're called to do. If you're a follower of Jesus... This is something you must do. Now, I know this can be really intimidating. We're going to talk this, some more this year about how to share your story with people and how to share your faith with people. Uh, this is at a minimum, at a minimum. I'm trying to give you a little bit, of, trying to make it a little easier on you. Maybe I shouldn't do that. But at a minimum, invite people to church. Just invite them to church. And then here's my guarantee. We'll talk about Jesus in here, okay? And I know if you're new with us, like, I just ruined the surprise, okay? Like, we're talking about Jesus in here. Um, but at a minimum, like, invite every... Look, listen, you are in a different place than I am. You, the, Matthew 5 talks about you are a city on a hill, and you're giving light to what's around you. And it, you almost get this, this idea that God has placed you on a hill. God has placed you in the school you're in, in the job you're in. And you may think, well, I hate my job, and I hate my school, and I hate whatever. No, God, think, think about it differently. God has placed me here to reach out to the people who are around me. God has placed me here to be a light to people that are around me. And it'll begin to change how you're thinking. But at a minimum, invite people. Hey, come, come to church with me. I'll take you out to lunch afterwards. Okay, something. You know, bribe them if you have to. But come on, this, this is something we must do. We must share Jesus. So we're spending time with Jesus. We're sharing Jesus with people. And then the last one is to obey Jesus. Now, I think this is, the, this is one, if I have to say, that sounds like the least fun. I think this, sometimes this sounds like obeying. Nobody really likes that word, right? Uh, when you hear this, I think what people come to at first is like, well, that just means don't sin. And yes, it does mean don't sin, but I want you to view it a little bigger than that. It's, it's more than just about not sinning. Look at what Drew was doing. Uh, Drew is being obedient to what God is calling him to do. Now, I'm not saying all of you have been called to be missionaries in Austria, but maybe some more of you have. I don't know. I, I, some of the callings that obeying is, is, is giving into the specific thing, not just the general things of not sinning and sharing Jesus, but the, the specific things that God has set out in front of you for you to do. For me, some of these are that God called me to be a foster parent. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't want to do that. I really didn't. Like when I was first getting into it and I, I grew to love it, God called me to be a pastor. Y'all, it if you would have seen me when I was younger, if you would have told me that I'm going to have to get up and speak in front of people, I, I think I was like, I'd rather die or something. I mean, like, God, there's no way. This is, not, this is not the things I picked for me, but God had a plan for me. And, and I want you to be obedient to whatever God is calling you to do. And this, so this one's a little more generic. This one's a little more on you and between you and your relationship with God. I had somebody tell me this morning that they think, hey, I think I'm supposed to start a small group. I'm like, okay, well, this is an opportunity to obey Jesus. If that's what you believe God is calling you to do, do it. And if you're not sure, 
You know, sometimes we hear those things like, God, are you really wanting me to do this? I'm not really sure. Most of the time, it's probably just yes. Okay, so default towards yes, as long as it lines up with Scripture. If it's like, do you want me to leave my wife? No, that's no. Okay, don't do that. But if it lines up with Scripture, just yes. God, I think God may want me to talk to this person on the corner. Just go talk to him. Just go, talk, just go do it. Yes. What is God calling you to do? And he's not calling us all to do the same thing. But he does have something for all of us. You know, sometimes we get this idea, Drew gets up here, and I, I love this, that he's going uh, overseas. And sometimes we get this idea that Drew and people who are doing this, they're like the super Christians. And then the rest of us are like the normal, average, everyday Christians. You know, like he should have a cape on, but we don't get a cape. because. And th- this is not at all how God designed it. Each one of us are missionaries in the place that God has set us and put us. We each have purpose that we're supposed to be living out. We may be missing it. I know at all, at all time, or at least at some time, we all have missed it. But I'm calling all of you to step into that this year. What is it that God has in store for you? Uh, Tyler, if you will, if you can come up here. We're going we're gonna to end a little differently today. I really just want to spend the next probably three or four minutes just praying over these different things. I know I've, I've given kind of a lot of information. I feel like I've just spit it all out there. And I know there's even more information on the strategic plan. And by the way, if you have any questions about that, I, I want, like, come and talk to me. If you think, hey, I would be good at helping get this done or getting involved in this, come and talk to me. Like, I, I want help on this. But I, here's what I want to do for the next three or four minutes. We're just going to spend time in prayer over these things.